episode 145 of the oh, podcast. Chris Scriva, the final member of the We Got Next comedy crew. I can cross them off the list along with Race to the Coffin. I've gotten all the collectives. Is there anybody else? I guess I need... It's Loose Cannon. That's one. That's true. Oh, I haven't yeah. had Mike or any of those guys on yet. Oh. I'm start to expand into the Loose Cannon universe there here you next. Go. I've got my Marvels. i got my DCs off the list. Chris Scriva is my guest today yes, on the podcast. We've done a brief interview yeah, once. On the stage at uh, Hambones at the end. Yeah, you were hosting the open mic there for Five and Dime Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And I, you offered me a spot very politely because I got there late. And yeah. I said, oh, I don't really want to tell jokes, but I'll do my best to interview you. Yeah, then I got uh, lumped into that Nate Nolf plus bonus Scriva episode. It's true because yeah. that was the moment I met Nate Nolf was right after that interview. I had not met him, or at least he'd never introduced himself to me formally. Yeah. So I got a nice chit-chat with Nate that day. I figured it made sense to use that yeah. for something. Yeah. How was your show last night out at Petrucci Brothers? Uh, it was pretty nuts, man. We had about like 99 paying people. Wow. Uh, a bunch of people that worked there got in. And we had a cousin's main lobster truck. They came. So the people that were working that, they came in too. So probably about like 110 people in the room. That's big. I mean, it's a yeah. nice size space too yeah. from what I've seen. Yeah. And it was packed and tight. There's a ton of energy. Uh, lineup was pretty solid. So it was, it was fun. It's nice that you guys have been able to do some stuff out there. I know Tim Ross had done his um, yeah. loaded deck, his drinking show up that's, there. That's the same uh, brewery, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tim lives up the block from there. Yeah, he told because uh, I interviewed him, I think, right before or right after one of those, and he's like, yeah, it's the only show that I can like walk to. Yeah. <laughs> How is it? I mean, it's got to be, because you're out in Beaver County as well, yeah. um, and obviously it's not the easiest commute in the world to get out here to tell jokes every day, but it's got to be nice to be able to do something locally. Yeah, I mean, but I worked in Pittsburgh. I work in the Strip every day. Oh, okay. So I still drove to Pittsburgh, and then I drove back past my house to it. So oh, Jesus. <laughs> it, was still like 50, it was like 55 minutes to get there from are, work. So Are you at the new Audi dealership? Yeah, I am. Nice. How's that been since they opened? It's so much fun. I like it. It's a uh, beautiful facility. Yeah, it is. Uh, tons of cool people come in, cool cars. Uh, you can't beat the lunch there. Yeah. So you go out in the, anywhere in the Strip. I worked, um, yeah, right by Kelly O's for about two and a half years up yeah. until like April of last year. So I definitely am well versed in all the options down there. Yeah, it's awesome. I've been eating chicken Latino way too much. Yep, yeah. we were big chicken Latino people. The yeah. quesadilla is huge. Yeah, it is. That's, that's what my, I had uh, yesterday, actually. That's a good one. Then yeah. I'm at uh, the Beer Hive every Thursday for trivia night. So yeah. I'm a big fan of their lunch specials. Yeah. I go down and get wings there once in a while. It's pretty good. If there's a Satan or Satan, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's it, Satan. Yeah. I don't think you want to eat Satan. Yeah. I mean, there may sound more metal, I guess. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good stuff. You trying to eat a little healthier, get Satan, trying to cut meat out or? I, I mean, like how healthy is it? I still get it covered with like a sugary, buttery sauce and Fair. dip it in ranch. So. <laughs> yeah. I like their, um, the green hornet sauce. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, oh, no. I went into it thinking it was going to be hot as hell. And that's it's not. Like, no, it's, it's really mild. Um. Like a blazing, that's good. Or is that what it's called? They have the one that's like a, it's like an Asian kind of like teriyaki kind of thing. I think it's called like. There might be blazing. I got I to a, a point probably after high school where I stopped ordering the hottest wings yeah. available because I know that the waitress doesn't care anymore how like hot I go. But yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like in high school. That was my attitude. I was like, I gotta get like impress the staff yeah. here. Oh. It's still my attitude. I don't know if it's the. You're still trying to impress yeah, people with like your my how toxic hot you go. personality, but I'm like. Yeah, bro. 
give me the heat. I just got a, I was texting with one of the guys from my old office down there and we made it like a every other month ritual to do hot ones. Yeah. Where we each like bring in hot sauces and we would either get tenders or wings from the beer hive and you'd go from the mildest all the way yeah, up like, to like the end, like yeah. the TV show. Yeah. And they're inviting me back to do one in February, so I might try. Cool. Yeah, I think the get people go watch then, or no? We well, I mean, we would do it in our conference room. The beer hive did offer to let us use the upstairs yeah. to do it for lunch one day. I'll, I'll watch you eat. You want to come down? Yeah, I'll let you know. Fun, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we were like bawling, crying on some of these sauces. Yeah, really? It's miserable hot. Where'd yeah. you get them at? Um, the one I picked up was called The End, and I got it at King of Prussia in Philadelphia. Ocean okay. I had been out there for a wedding, and they had a rule. It was like the hottest one they had, and there's like a box taped on the ground, like one foot by one foot. And they go, if you can eat like a Baskin's Robbins like sample spoon yeah. of the hot sauce and not leave the box for, I want to say it was like 30 seconds or a minute, yeah. then you can get like a 25% off discount at Dude, anything gonna, in the store. I'm going to go on a road trip just to do that. You're like, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> What's the hottest sauce you've ever had? Man, I don't even know. Um, I'm pretty desensitized to hot food for some reason. So every time I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I get, you know, they're blazing. Yeah. Or anything like this place by my house, Lookies, I get psycho. Like anything like that, I like. So uh, I'm sure there's something out there that would mess my day up. At some but, point, you're uh, not enjoying the meat at that point. You don't even get the enjoyable part of eating, at least. I kind of do, though. I don't you know. You still get it? Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, I'm like why done. I like doing it. But I'll eat it, and then my lips will be white from like chemical burns. I'm like uh, the softest person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I got called out by a fan last night after the show at Burning Bridges. Oh, and yeah. He's like, you're, you're tough, right? And Amanda and Osha and Harry and John. And I was like, I am the softest person. What initiated in that? Are you tough? Was uh, he, was a, he was a very drunk guy yeah. who was like offering to buy us drinks. He had not seen the show, but yeah. he was brand new, like just moved back here from Clemson. It was just a drunk guy named Will who was just trying to make conversation. Yeah. And I'm the sober one at the table and I'll engage with people. Why not? Yeah. And he, I don't know why. He, I think he was just trying to be tough or show us how tough he was. <laughs> you tough? I'm tough. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Please leave me alone. Don't hit me, please. I'm just sitting here uh, with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Who was on the lineup last night with you? Uh, it was a pretty cool lineup. We had Matt Parsons. I don't know if you've seen him yet. Yeah, Matt's yeah, very funny. He's hilarious. Elliot Burns. So of course, pretty cool. He works with me actually. Because you so. guys were with them, but at one of the other locations before they opened. Yeah. 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 So Elliot went, and then uh, I had John Dick Winters next. Nice. Which he did great. Then Tim Ross. That's he just absolutely annihilates any time I have him on a show, which is awesome. I love watching Tim. Yeah. And then Seneca Stone. Yeah, it's not one of my favorites. He and I are watching the Royal Rumble together tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. But dude, he had a great set. Good, super relatable. I think that's a good crowd for him out there. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's got that upstate New York kind of like working class folk personality. Yeah, and that's what, working in Beaver County, all steel mill, old steel mill people, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. um, and John did really well closing out the show that I was on at Hambones yeah. last night with, with Bridges. So it was good. It was honestly like I, I know with a 1030 show, you're never quite sure like how an audience is going to be. But we had the room full. There was no early show. So it was, I mean, really well attended and, and cool. a lively audience. So who all was on that? Um, Will hosted, Will Ness, and then Osha Dwyer, myself, Harry Gilliland, Amanda Averill, Helen Wildey, and then John to finish up. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty cool lineup. Yeah, that was fun. And then tonight, well, this list will already be, Helen is finishing up her residency, and then yeah. Harry will be Hell the, on Earth. Hell on Earth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they did something pretty smart by selling like a month pass for people yeah. so that she was able to get people to come every Sunday. That's pretty I think cool, it was like actually. 20 bucks instead of like five per week. So it's not even, I mean, there's one extra show out of it because yeah. there's a five weekend month. 
Yeah, I mean, 20 bucks really isn't bad to see a show, period. You, you know what I mean? No, and I think John was able to, to at least get them extra tickets to Saturdays if they wanted to come yeah. as being part of that. And I think they get a free drink each show. So it yeah. really does pay for itself. I think they're doing a great quickly. job with that place. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's so. nice. And I know We Got Next is now going to take over a uh, bi-monthly here spot, soon. So we're gonna going to be fun. Yeah, so absolutely. The Sunday shows there are fun when they go well. I think maybe two and a half, three years ago, I, I ran sound for That's a Bingo, which is a show that John Dick Winters and Alex DePula were co-hosting, and I kind of helped run tech for, where each of the comedians, we would get like five to ten keywords from them that they were going to like use in their yeah. sets, and then we built bingo boards for the audience, and yeah, they had to like sweet, keep actually, track. Yeah. It's a nice way to be like at least a little novelty about yeah. what you're doing, which on a Sunday, come, sometimes you need a hook when there's football and Game of Thrones yeah, yeah, and Walking Dead and everything else. Yeah. You know, not everybody wants to drink on a Sunday night. No, <laughs> normal people don't. <laughs> normal people. What normal are they people. like, Chris? I don't know. I guess they wear flannels. Is that what they do? I don't know. You don't uh, think comics wear flannel? Yeah, they do, actually, but it's just the tightness of it. Half of us are skinny and wear tight flannels on purpose. Half of us are fat and wear tight flannels because they were loose flannels and they just filled up. They used to or, not be so tight. Yeah. And then I, I think that the regular people just wear, you know, normal ones. They bought it like, I don't know, Boscov's. That's still open anywhere. I don't know if there's still a Boscov's Boscov by my house. <laughs> That's a Beaver County store. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I saw that February 9th, you got a show at Cativo. Yeah, I do, actually. Which is a spot I used to run an open mic before you started, I think. Yeah, uh, that's what I, I heard a lot about that place, actually. I've only ever been there in the... Uh, I think I've been... Yeah, they have the pizza place downstairs and stuff. Uh, they might do yeah. pizza downstairs now. I'm not sure. I honestly don't know if I've been back since... I think I went to one show after my thing ended there. Yeah, my improv team likes to go get drinks there before like shows and stuff, so... It was nice. I, I, I really enjoyed running the mic there because it, it was back when Hamboat started at 1030. So yeah. I was an eight o'clock mic and we were four blocks away. So people could kind of get yeah, two sets like and, and be able to park and not have to like drive between venues. So that, that'll be cool to do a show there. Uh, I actually can't remember who I'm on it with. I know Mark Dario is the one who put it together. Oh, cool. Have you met him yet? No. He's a cool guy. How long has he been coming out? Probably like somewhere between probably three to six months nice okay yeah. so there's like a whole new wave of people starting it's pretty cool new yeah class, they say. i took off yeah. a lot of most i think i took off all of december and after like the contest at the beginning of november i just got busy with holidays and work and yeah. so it's been nice to kind of be get back in this month and really start to like get to new rooms and get to see people that i hadn't seen yet i think you need those breaks sometimes i say so don't get burnt out it's easy to man i mean how do you i guess you're work you work down here now yeah. so it's a lot easier to be like i'll just stay down here and and catch a few mics. Yeah. What was it like when you were not working in the city and you were? Well, I worked in Moon, in Moon Township, so I would usually go home after work, um, change my clothes because I worked in like a machine shop kind of thing. Usually, spill stuff all over me, you know, oil. Uh, drive back to the city and just pound them out. And I, I used to do more mics when I was doing that because that job I didn't work a ton of hours. Sure. So uh, when you sell cars, you work more hours, so you get a little bit more tired. But I think that was back then. It, my whole idea was do as much as possible, get comfortable. Now I'm kind of comfortable. Still hit maybe like maybe four to five mics a week. I think that's a good good number um, to get to, though. I think a lot of people should strive to get to at least four or five in a week if they can. Yeah, I think minimum three. Otherwise, don't do it because you're probably gonna suck. That's <laughs> I hate to say that. And then that's not including all the improv stuff I do too. So Wednesdays I'm up here practicing, you know. And, 
fries and stuff. So. Yeah, I am very curious because that's one of the things that when I was still doing a sales style job, I really struggled with being able to balance both like hitting my sales numbers and doing improv and doing stand up. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I'm extremely extroverted. Yeah. So I like talking. I don't shut up. <laughs> so like, it's not bad. I talk to people all day and then I, I come to improv here, talk to people. Then I go to Scarpacy's, talk to people and then go home. So it's my normal Wednesday. Would you say Scarps is your favorite room? It is. Uh, it's a lot of fun. They've done a lot with that room. Now they have like a little stage. And I've seen the photos. I need to get back up there. I haven't been getting out there as much as I wanted to because um, I've just been doing, I've been in a lot of shows on weekends and stuff and I need some time to like, I don't know, sleep. Yeah. At some so, point you got to uh, rest. But yeah, favorite rooms. I'm trying to think what my favorite rooms would be in Pittsburgh. Um, my favorite room now, I love it. Scarps is still, it has a special place in my heart. But Parkway Theater run by Zach Sipley, that room is like a show. Like yeah. no matter what, it's like a show. The audience is great there. Um, only thing that's kind of rough is trying to catch it when the signups are happening. Yeah, because yeah. it's, I mean, Friday nights is tough just in general. But Zach does a really good job of keeping it to a reasonable length. So yeah. that way the yeah. show, is, it can have that kind of showcase mic vibe. Yeah, I mean, Zach does a great job with it. I, I think that's hands down the best mic in Pittsburgh. No offense to the other ones, like Hambones is awesome. Uh, I mean, the mic I run with Elliot's okay. Smiling Moose, you know, it, it, but like that show is like you get 10 minutes. Most of the people that go to that are actually pretty into it like pretty hardcore people yeah like if you don't have a show that weekend you go there the room has like 20 30 people now i don't think it's a good room to work out material in or like uh try to crowd work well crowd work's a lot of fun there but really try to like that room's like an ego booster it's like when you go do the improv of mike once in a while everybody laughs like oh i'm so good You need that, especially when you're starting out. That was the, like this past Thursday at at Bridges at Hambones. Like they were just a great audience, yeah. and so like people would come off stage and they were just like, "This is the most fun I've ever had. Yeah. This is the greatest." Which is cool, but I don't want to have fun. I want to have fun at the shows, but I want the shit mics. You know what I mean? You like getting the the gym atmosphere of it, like yeah. the, the work because you're trying to train, right? If you, like, there's people that only go to my. Oh, it's that mic's no good. That mic's no good, and it's like, okay, well. You say, sir, I'm not going to name drop the mic, so I don't give them like a bad name. But there's some mics that aren't known for being so good, but I've gained a lot more from uh, working. Yeah, work, Yeah, being at a bar in Homestead with everybody with their back turned to you. Oh, or sure. Or being at a bar in Mount Washington where people are threatening to fight you. <laughs> and like working your way through it versus like, yeah, I can go to a, a good mic. And I, I, for fun, Fridays are definitely my my favorite for fun well and it i i have unfortunately not been able to make it down for the smiling moose yet but that this is like a second generation version of it Mm -hmm. because before i started that had a kind of mic for a long time that was the mic for a long time and built a reputation as far as what type of an audience you would get or what type of a feel that would get so how has it been over the last year kind of resuscitating it and giving it a new personality i i wasn't around for the first iteration with john pridmore and like derek running it but um so it's not bad. Elliot Burns actually started that mic after his last mic got shut down because the place closed. So he started up again. Uh, he took he stepped back from it a little bit to focus on his health. So yeah, I know you over. ran it a lot yeah. this summer. So and now, fall. now we're alternating uh, each and uh, every week, which is pretty cool. Um, it went from being like ten people that would show up. Now I've had like thirty six comedians. It's great. Which I is mean, it's I, a I was, long day. Oh yeah, that's what I was advertising it a lot all over the place, and uh, it was working too good. So I kind of cut back a little bit and. But I think the cool thing is, is it's all new people, like a majority of new people, like a couple, like, I don't even want to say like old people, but like people that started from 
uh, like two years and before. You, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. Like they'll come at the beginning, and they usually come when like Elliot hosts it. But when I come, it's like all people started in the last six months to a year, which I think is great. And those new people are actually starting to get good, so it's it's different. It's got to be nice to be able because now that you've been around for a few years yeah. to like see the new class. Cause yeah, it's always interesting to like who's going to stick around, who figures it out, who has like those glimmers of being able to be a good joke writer, who I, has personality. I, I think you can usually tell early on who's going to stick around and who's going to wash out. So, it's. I, I mean, you 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 always want to help as many people as you can, and being able to host is a good way to do that. Yeah. Are you the kind of host who's trying to? I guess what's your like style up there? Are you trying to bridge between comedians? Or are you just like get in, get out? Who's your next comedian? Well, it depends. Like if I have like, uh, you know, sometimes you have a light night, like 12, 15 people. Yeah, I can. I'll put some stuff between. Yeah. I don't want to be a host liner. You know what that is? No, I've like not heard that. Term. Host lining. It's uh, when some asshole gets up, they do 10 minutes up front and then they do five minutes between each comedian, Ugh. usually on the hackier side um, from my experience when I went places. Well, and it's. Uh, a lot of time you you torpedo any momentum that comedians are building when you try to do that and yeah. be the star of the show. They fucking tank it. Yeah. But like uh if if it's like 36 people, I'm just like, "Okay, that was so and so. Round of applause for them. I'm next. Boom, bring them up." Um yeah, so that's, that's kind of the host I try to be. It just whatever the situation calls for. If like I go up on stage to warm them up and they're warm in like two minutes, okay, I get off. If it takes five minutes, cool. I'm up there for like thirty seconds, everybody's having a great time. Say a couple jokes, I'll bring them up because like that's I'm a host. I'm not. A it's comedian. not about you, and yeah. that's the goal. You still have to be funny and be the personality to keep yeah. the show moving along. But yeah, at the end of the day, you're the person who's letting everyone yeah. come and be entertaining there and yeah. give them the opportunity to shine. What type of atmosphere has it been? I mean, the We Got Next guys, are they able to come out and see you host often? No, they don't. Do actually. you hate them? Do you like I hate their guts. <laughs> no, I love them. They, they're just really busy. I mean, they both have, like, Joey has a daughter, and That's then he's a, a firefighter, so he only works a couple days a week, but he works 24-hour shifts. Yeah. So he's working way more hours than anybody else, and then um, Eric's busy doing his stuff with his career, and... and so, like, I don't have any hard feelings if they can't make it out. Trey will come by. You uh, hate Trey the most. I hate Trey most, man. Yeah, I just want to hit him with my truck. No. <laughs> I, I like them. I love them all. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if they don't want to come by because there's things, it's cool, you know. You guys all still get together, do the podcast once in a while. Yeah, I'm doing one after this at 2 o'clock. Oh, so, nice. Very cool. Um, things got kind of busy because we're starting to get a lot more shows. Yeah, um, most you know, definitely. Just a humble break. <laughs> but, we work. Yeah. But it's, that makes it a little bit more difficult because before we record on Saturday nights and Sunday, and you know what I mean. So, but we're we're gonna get back in there. We're gonna try to pump out some more with some bigger guests. Oh, good, nice. What's been the best kind of learning thing from doing the podcast and getting to interview all the comedians here in town? Um, the best thing, uh, you learn a bunch of different things from different people. So it's, it's hard to really just like narrow it down. I think it's just cool, um, especially when you pick the brains of somebody who's been around for a while. Like we've talked to. Um, you know, like, like John uh, had Derek on it, people like that. It's just neat to, to understand like the the process behind how they write or more so. I'm more interested in the business aspects of it. Sure. Like I think I figured, like this is cocky. So I think I figured out the writing shit and like in, in the whole thing where you get on stage and you have to be likable and everything. But then there's the whole side of it. It's like, okay, um, how do I market myself or how do I get shows how do i what's like the proper etiquette on the show how do you talk to people like what do you do if they don't want to pay you? like stuff like that 
I think is the most valuable to me now. And I think that should be most valuable to a lot of the newer people. Because a lot of the new people coming up do like the show. I, yeah. I think that's something that you need somebody to teach you. Whereas writing and, and stuff you figure out. Yeah. And no, and the, I mean, no two people really write exactly the same, no. but the business side is stuff that they, there is no like handbook on how to handle. No. And it's, it, there's no HR department to go to if a bar owner doesn't want to pay you. Yeah. And the one way to look at it too is everybody thinks that, you know, it's art and, and you know, and some people don't think that, but I think stand up is definitely an art form. Absolutely. Um, just like music or anything else, but it's also a business. Like you're your own business. You're an entrepreneur. So there's a huge, uh, business aspect of it. How has it been getting to, cause I know you've done quite a few like out of town gigs. You've got relationships up in Erie now and yeah, you've gotten to go a to good New York scene up there. Times. Shout out to, uh, Dan and Will, Will running everything up there. Uh, Anthony Morelli is another good person. So if you're looking for mics and stuff, hit them up on Facebook. Dan Brady, Will Ayers. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, you used to live up there too, didn't you? Yeah, I went to Penn State Barrett. Oh, okay, right. nice. Um, w- was comedy something you even thought about back then, or how a, did you a ton kind of, of times? Yeah, but like the thing was, there was no place to do it. If I because what happened was, uh, I lived up there. I wanted to do it. There was no place to do it. Right. Um, once I moved back like two or three months to just settle back in because I moved back around the summer 2016 okay and then hit a mic so so I was focusing more on my education and stuff and then with what I went to school for it's not a lot of downtime to go and yeah. do stuff it's t- I don't know how like those the pit tonight kids kind of were able to like do that on top of engineering programs yeah, to yeah. be like no we're gonna get to Mike's five nights a week Dude, and engineering kicked my fucking ass so shout out to them because like I didn't even have time to brush my teeth <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Joey Marchie's breath kind of. Yeah. Kind of stank. I'm just Joey, kidding. brush so, your teeth a little Brush more. your teeth, uh, Joey. He's a busy man, though. We yeah, miss having is. him on Mondays, but I just like seeing his pretty face. I hope he comes back soon. Yeah, me too. With the gigs that you've gotten to do like in New York City, what's like the biggest difference between the scenes? Obviously, Erie has like a good growing community more so than it did when you were up there. Yeah. But you've gotten to work like New York, which is always something that people well, like. I really, well, I did mics in New York, really. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've done like show, in New York State, I've done shows. New York like City. The Buffalo area or? Not just like weird. I did this one show at this uh, castle place. I can't remember the name of the town. Guy was a fucking asshole, so I'm not going to do it again. So. <laughs> um. I mean, it's fun. They're great crowds. It's just like doing a crowd. Like, it's not. New York's just like Pennsylvania. That's it's all true. it is. Like, they're the same people. Um, especially like upstate New York. Um, New York City's different because those are those are like real East Coast people. But like upstate New York people live around like farms and factories stuff, just like here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the New York City people though at Mike's, their jokes are totally different. Like they're more set up punchline kind of stuff like real just like, like tighter yeah. writing style yeah because you think about it like their mics are all three minutes two minutes five minutes if you're lucky here well, i got a 10 minute mic on friday sometimes they let you do more time when you get you know in with them a little better <laughs> um the audiences there i think are more attentive and into it whereas here we do assault mics where hey there's a microphone in the corner show's starting right now you know it's and, like hey guess what i'm bothering you and you didn't know yeah, this was happening you just notice people start eating real fast like here open my comedy starting in five minutes is more effective than a fucking fire alarm can we get our check can we yeah we're gonna go ahead and slip out of I here go sit in the other room <laughs> <laughs> why do you think that most i guess not most audience why do you think there are some audiences that don't look at stand up as art or don't want that sort of an atmosphere is it just because they weren't expecting it or well, that's a lot of it like what, what 
did you ever go to a restaurant and then somebody starts playing guitar? It's like, dude, shut the hell up. Like, we you know were I mean? just trying to <laughs> eat our wings. I love guitar and I love music. I, I don't want to hear that when I'm eating fucking breakfast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I think I think that's a lot of it. Where in New York, people go to watch comedy. Um, here, it's... I don't know. And, and the other thing, too, is I, I think that people don't take it... Cause they don't understand um, in the process of like how you have to write and you have to develop everything and work on everything. They think you're just some idiot uh, millennial with a microphone in the corner harassing them while they're trying to drink Iron City. So like, I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Well, and it's a sports town. It's not necessarily yeah. a, a city that wants it. They're here. I'm watching the Penguins. I'm not here to pay attention to you. Boston's a sports town. And and that's true. They have a great comedians comedy from there. Thing. And then did you ever do a mic in Boston? No, I haven't. I've been up there for work. It's fucking sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've uh, talked with Caitlin McPhee when she's come through town and she's really liked it since she moved up there. Yeah. I'm trying to think, and I hosted a few Boston comedians that stayed with me, Terrence Pennington, uh, Alicia Siegel, and one other guy that I can't think of the name of now when they came through for us, the Pula Show, and did yeah. my uh, the home club with Will Ness and I. That's cool. I think I went to that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm actually, after this, uh, you're going to tape a podcast. I'm going to do a improv practice for the first time in about a year and a oh, half. Yeah. Will and I are going to try out a duo here okay, soon. Okay, good. Because yeah. I loved working with Will for the home club, and we were trying to come up with a new way to collaborate on something this year. So I, I miss improv. It's been, like I said, it's been a year, mm-hmm. probably a year and a half since I've been able to do it. The improv's so good. Comics that don't like improv are morons. Yeah, why <laughs> is it that you think they look down on it so much or most stand-ups have no interest in it? it, it because, I don't know, it... And from the improv side, there's people that hate stand-up, too. It's just like, it's like the same oh, thing. very you, much. You you gain... Uh, but I think a lot of the people from the improv side hate stand-up because the stand-ups talk so much shit on them, uh, which is it's true. But, like, you have a lot of people make it fun. Oh, yeah, improv. Yes, and ha, ha, ha. I'm like, okay, well, uh, I'm good at crowd work now. You know why? Because... Um, it, I, I'm not stuck, you know. You don't have your script because, like, you say you're in a bar, right? There's right. some rough show, and there's some drunk lady in the front screaming and hollering. You can deal with that versus like if you're just up there trying to give a speech. Could like, you imagine interrupting like a high school kid's public speaking class speech? Uh, um. Yeah, because that's what some standups do. Yeah, so they don't respect it. But what I think that the standups uh, don't like about it is they're improv people are too positive. Uh, improv people are fake nice. They definitely are fake. Um, they, they really are. Uh, but t- to some extent, the reason they have to be fake nice or just yeah. m- more nice than stand-ups are, you need each other. Yeah. You have to be able to collaborate. You have to everybody feel good and get but, on the same page. Here's the way I look at it, though. If I, if I want a team, I don't want somebody uh, being fake nice to me all the time. Everything is okay. If I do something wrong, tell me I do something wrong so I can correct it. I like directness. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like the improv people that stare at you and smile all the time like a cult. You know? <laughs> and like they'll talk shit on you, but you're like, okay, are you really talking shit because you're smiling? I, I don't know. You're just smirking when you do it. But I, I love improvisers, especially the people on my team and stuff. But I, I like people that keep it real. Yeah. Were there any, did you have to have any conversations with teammates to be like, listen, I, if I'm like about that sort of an attitude of like, if I fuck up, like you got to tell me. Like, the they have no problem yeah. telling me. Like, and I got, I got some good people on my team too. Like, I don't know if you know Noah and Ryan, but they'll, they'll tell you you're a fucking idiot. Like, good. <laughs> right okay. away. So. Yeah, I think that's helpful. And I think Will and I know each other yeah. well enough. He started stand up maybe six, nine months before I did. So we, yeah. we've been together for a long time now. So it's good to be able to like just work off of each yeah. other. Yeah. So that's, that's a good thing to do is have somebody to do it with. But yeah, ba- back to talking about the, the stand-ups hating improv. Yeah. I think that they, they don't respect it because they think it, because most stand-ups are negative people. True. And they, they, they only see the happy, smiley, um, 
Why are they so happy? Yeah. It's like why? What are they? What yeah. do they know that I don't? That's know? also like why are you so miserable? <laughs> and I think that's them, yeah. yeah, finding that balance of it's. And I I think by being an improviser who kind of came into stand up, yeah, I forced them to like at least meet me halfway. Yeah, like I can be negative with them, but like. I'm not going to change who I am. The thing is, too, though, like all the negativity with the stand-ups could be toxic at some point, too, because like it's sure. really easy to get yourself just sitting there talking about like, oh, why does this person have a show and I don't have a show and nobody laughed at me and this is bullshit and that's bullshit. I'm just going to quit. I'm just, And it's like, um, that, that's contagious. Yeah. Why did so-and-so get this? And yeah. you're looking at everybody else running a different race than yeah. you and thinking they're ahead. And that's what I love about improvisers is um, that they're very supportive I mean, they are, and I think, but stand-ups can be too. I think we, as stand-ups, you look to kind of see each other hopefully succeed, or you want yeah. you want to be on the show where everybody does well, but it's an individual sport, yeah. a lot less than like a relay race where we're mm. all on the same team doing an improv thing together. These are all different events in a track meet and it's great when you do well, but ultimately it don't matter to me as long as I do well, yeah. stand-ups about me trying to create something it, myself it needs to be less uh, i think people need to approach it less like a competition because it's not a competition and like comedy competitions are bullshit to begin with of course yeah. it's a bringer you can't, show you can't, you can't you can't compare each other to each other do you think coming up and starting with the we got next guys and being a part of a group has helped with that kind of mentality seeing that it's not a competition or do you four kind of have like a, a team competition amongst yourselves there's like friendly competition and we like jokingly talk shit on each other yeah of course but like no i mean i, I don't know if it helped i mean it definitely um i don't think that we're competitive one with one another but yeah i, I, I before i did this i, I did a lot of like i like weightlifting and like powerlifting stuff that a lot of powerlifting means sure and it's like you're on a team but you're all trying to win of course it's like yeah. the same thing though it's all about like having fun and and everybody's trying to succeed i think that um a lot of that mentality carried over into this for me and i just locked out to find a good group of people a good group of friends that also are similar minded um, yeah 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 i think it's tough because you have feet in both, but like a lot of people, it's like when stand-ups shit on improvisers or when improvisers shit on stand-ups, we all are, we take it very personally because it's like nobody talks about my brother but me sort of an attitude yeah. of like, these are my people. And if you, you don't really are, like you can have your opinions obviously as an improviser, but if you don't go to open mics, if you don't yeah. go to shows, a lot of it's not based in any sort of fact. No. And, and I don't want to be, because a lot of their interactions with people that they're being negative about, I don't want them to associate it with me because sure. Like, what's the example? I, I can't really think of a specific example, but if I'm hanging out with a group of stand-ups and like, oh, you know, all improvisers, uh, this all improvisers, like, no, that's not what I do. Right? Yeah, that's not like, how I operate. And, and more so with like the improvisers when they start talking trash on stand-ups, which I don't understand like why that's a thing. If that's something that came from Chicago or L.A. and everybody tried to emulate it because that's all we're trying to be is L.A. Of course, everybody um, has those aspirations. Uh, but. They'll be like, stand-ups are all assholes, and they're all this, and they're all that. It's like, that's not me. Like, you guys have you known guys me know for, me. like, two years. That's not me. That's not most of the people I know. Like, like yes, there's some scumbags. Any art community, you're going to get some weirdo scumbag. Any community. Yeah, it's any not community. Even, like, yeah. Most people suck. That's why it's just I could never hate any one group of people, especially no. a group of people who hopefully... They want to bring joy and make people yeah. laugh. And I think that's most people forget that sometimes when they get but stressed about this stuff. That's one thing, too. I think that improv is definitely about bringing people joy and making people laugh. 
stand up a lot of times is like masturbating their own ego. It's part sure. Because it's, um, and, and I feel that way too, to an extent. It's like when you get on stage and you get a laugh, it feels like you get like a rush, like you have like power over people. Do you not have those moments in improv? If like a scene goes well or you set somebody up? No, I, it's just fun. It's like a game. I guess that's why they call everything games. You're playing yeah. games. It's fun. It's a game where um, improv is almost more like a sport than okay. stand-up. Yeah. But uh, with stand-up, it's like, um, even if you think about the terminology, I killed, I crushed, you do bad, I, I died. I murdered that room. I murdered. And it's like all these like negative words, uh, and they're all like, you're, it's you versus the audience, not you with the audience. See, and I try to look at it, I think Pete, I listened to Pete Holmes when I first started a lot. He talks about the audience like they're they're your musical instrument. Yeah. Like that's your guitar, and like sometimes it's out of tune, sometimes it's this, but yeah. you, you need them and they need you, but it's your job to go out in there and play them yeah. and make something beautiful. I don't know. I hope that people figure it out. But one question we've been doing on the podcast for the last while now is a segment we call Always Improving, and it's brought yeah. to us by the Greenbrier Treatment Center. And I talk about what can we do to kind of improve the condition here on Earth, the human condition? What's one thing that we can do to make this place better for everybody? Hmm. And the Greenbrier Treatment Center, you can reach them at greenbrier.net or 1-800-637-HOPE. They offer drug and alcohol rehab here in Western Pennsylvania. They offer many options to pay for it, either with or without insurance. So, again, 1-800-637-HOPE or greenbriar.net. Chris, what do you think we can do to make this world a better place? Stop treating everything like a competition. Um, I'm a very competitive person naturally, but there, there's a difference between friendly competition, like when you're doing a sport or a video game or you know, even having like a friendly rivalry yeah. versus to just being a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, not every, and pardon my French, uh, I'm really trying not to swear or be vulgar on this podcast, but not everything's a dick measuring contest. Chill the fuck out. Like, that's the best way I can Well, and, and if you want it to be a competition, look at it as an internal competition yeah. of how can I get better? What, like you said, there are different mics, there are different things you can do differently in different rooms and go to the ones that are tougher because if you have a goal to get better at a different aspect of mm -hmm. your comedy, whether it's crowd work, whether it's a new order or tags or whatever it is you're trying to work on, you have to try it in multiple venues in front of different types mm -hmm. of crowds to see if it's going to be something that will work. And that has nothing to do with how the comic ahead of you did or how the host did or how the show is going. That's you taking ownership of what's happening in your act. And yeah. a lot of people are like, they are, they're looking at why did so-and-so get this weekend at the improv and not yeah. me instead of what, instead of looking at what they're doing raw, like what did that person do correct in order to get that? They're like, why, what am I doing wrong? Which yeah. and neither one is really the right way to do it. But if you look at everything as a positive that other people are doing, instead of like trying to compare yourself yeah. to them or looking at it as like, they're doing something better than you. I think it's okay to, to compare, to be like, okay, so this person did this thing successfully. How could I, um, no, I'm not saying copy people, but like somewhat emulate it to better myself. That's something you want to do, but it shouldn't be like, uh, that should be me. What a piece of shit. I hate that guy. You know? Yeah. Kind of thing. You get where I'm coming from? I think so. I think that yeah. I compare myself to people all the time, but like, I'm not trying to compare, like, like get all upset about it. But like, okay, that's cool. I really like how this person is doing this. How could I improve upon this? Or like, um, 
what am I doing different that I can change? And what a better way to go about it instead of saying like this person's doing this thing I don't like. Why not look for the things that you do like that people are doing? Because even comedians, by just sitting in the room at an open mic, whether you're hosting it or whether you're on it, by actually watching the other acts, whether they're good or bad, there's stuff to be learned. And so taking the positives or saying, well, that wouldn't work, or how would I tell that type of a joke? And obviously not stealing somebody's premise or... Skip there right after and say, I ordered two cheese pizzas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think there's better ways to go about um, the approach to comedy. And it isn't this dick measuring contest. You're right. It's an attitude of... We're all trying to do the same thing, which is to hopefully entertain, um, but to be a positive influence for other people. And if I can offer a tag to somebody, that's been done to me, and I've been able to do that to other people. And then when you get to see that person do the thing that you said, like, hey, I think this is a good idea to twist on that. It's the it, it's a proud moment, yeah. I think, to be able to see like, oh, I'm glad that they that joke is better for that person. Yeah, I think I think one thing uh, a note on that too is make sure that the person's okay with tags. Yes, <laughs> because some people take it as negative criticism. Um, but also, if you're a new person listening, um, listen to what some people say. It doesn't hurt to try it. Maybe don't try it on a show. Try it at a mic. Yeah, be yeah. open to trying anything. Don't ever, this stuff is not permanent. That's the nicest yeah. thing is that, you know, the joke can work a hundred different ways. Yeah. Get it to a place where you like it and that you feel comfortable in the beats of telling it. But yeah. you don't have to be so locked in and rigid to your writing that, like, it's immovable. Yeah. Yeah, I hope people figure that out. Yeah, they need to. <laughs> well, that's one way to make the world better. <laughs> Greenbrier Treatment Center brings us always improving each week. Greenbrier.net or 1-800-637-HOPE. Shout out to Greenbrier. Yeah. Thank you for sponsoring the always improving segment of our podcast. It does mean a lot to me. I was very lucky to get a few of the members of their staff on the show in November. So let's talk a little bit about automotive because I've been working for the last few years, almost not, uh, almost the full year. It'll be a full year in April doing marketing for a variety of different dealerships. Yeah, super cool. It's been cool. Yeah, I li- I enjoy it. I like. I was never a car guy though. Yeah. So it's kind of been a new kind of passion to see how I can help influence salespeople. And yeah. I I see a lot of the people that I work for in my organization utilizing social media. But that's a lot of what we yeah. do is trying to get Google AdWords and Facebook management. We do their email marketing. Um, so. How has it been trying to sell cars? Were you a car guy prior to this life? Uh, yeah, I've been a mo- well, not like a sales guy, but I've been a motorhead my whole entire life. Man. Okay, I've had so many different cars and like work on new ones, old ones, uh, and not new like a new car for me. I was like post two thousand, you know. Yeah, I, mean? <laughs> I drive like, an 04, I get it. I, I, I love working on cars. I love driving cars. I love talking about cars. I love reading about cars. Um, when I worked up in Moon, I worked at a college up there. Uh, they they kind of like laid me off. Because they're doing budget cuts to pop money into basketball and shit. Um, I needed a job. Elliot Burns is like, hey, uh, my, my place is hiring. I'm going to try to sell cars. You like cars? And I never thought about that. But like, um, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go hang out at a car dealership. My, I come from a family of mechanics and stuff. So I'm yeah. kind of familiar with that environment. Never thought about selling them. But it's a blast. I like it a lot. How is it now? Were you doing luxury before you got down to the Audi? Well, I mean, that's all. I, I've only sold cars for like a year and two months. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, w- with the uh, the Audi stuff, like, I have a lot of friends that are into Volkswagens, which is it's that's one of my Audi's brands. like their Cadillac, yeah. yeah. 
or so and then with Audi a lot of friends and Audi stuff I was like oh this is sweet and it's a lot more interesting to me with cars like that than there's nothing wrong with Kias they make great cars and, and, and Hyundai and stuff but there's something cooler about something with such like a a deep like motorsport like history to me yeah absolutely yeah. do you find that the average person coming in has an idea with it like a luxury type brand like what they already want or and I mean, you're just kind of talking to it them it all depends like if you walk into a car dealership 99.9 percent of the time you're there because you want to buy a car yeah know? nobody's there just and, a window shop yeah, probably some people do but it, but most people don't and then you have computers everybody can research it some people just want to see what it's all about Go for the test drive, see yeah. what it's like. It, because, like, you know, most people know what they want, but there's some people out there that maybe they've only driven domestic cars and they haven't tried it and they want to try something new. Or so. Do you feel like you guys are doing, or what are you doing to kind of help boost sales? Do you utilize social media? Is that something that you take I've been advantage trying to do of? It more and more. Um, I'm not actually super good with that aspect, and that's something I really need to work on. Uh, I've been trying to do more videos and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that. That definitely helps. Yeah, we do quite a few of the walk-around videos yeah. where they'll kind of showcase one of the new cars or like one specific feature of it, which has been helpful on our social pages. Dude, I made one for YouTube. Nice. Just like a joke. Yeah. I put it up. Talk about, look how many dogs I could fit in this car. I got a comment from somebody somewhere and now wants one. Nice. They're going to buy it. It's like, I didn't think anybody would look that up. Like, who looks that up? Like, how many dogs can I fit in this car? It's, I mean, but, uh, <laughs> you it, never it's know what it's going to take. So, like, I'm, I'm still I'm still very new into this industry, and I have a lot to learn. But there's, I think that social media is something I definitely need to work on. And, and it, it works with, um, that's for anything, too, with the comedy stuff. It definitely yeah. works. So. Yeah, being able to promote shows, being able to promote your brand and kind of get yourself out there. And plus, think about all day. People are sitting in their offices when they're supposed to be working on Facebook and yep. stuff. All you have to do is put something out there. Well, and it's it's uh, as simple as saying, "Hey, we're going to take a picture of you with your new car after you yeah. make a sale." And then it's people want to see themselves in your newsfeed. Those sorts of customer photos do yeah. really well for us. That's something else I need to, to work on too. Like I know a lot of people like to do that with like the dealerator stuff and put pictures. Yeah, and, um, yeah, that's the thing I'm, I'm going to try to start utilizing. That's awesome, man. Let me know if we can help at all. I'm always happy to talk. I have. I'm afraid strategy. I have no pull there. But no, 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 no. <laughs> not as far as just like to help you individually. Yeah. If you've ever got questions, I can share my pages oh, cool. with you and yeah, stuff. I appreciate what we that. use. Because yeah. um, it is. It's interesting to me as somebody who was never really a car. I, my first car was a Geo Metro. So yeah. it's like I, I was never going to be a yeah. car guy. Um, but yeah, to get to work with a total of eight different brands, Volkswagen, BMW, Volvo, uh, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and then Infinity. Yeah, I've been I've been so like impressed with some of these different styles and some of the different like legacies mm -hmm. of what they do. Yeah, there's so many good brands out there, and the thing is, too, 2019, nobody makes a bad car. No, you would have so. been put out of business at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, it, there's just so much with like the regulations and stuff, and they have to com compete, like you said. Yeah, so if you make a bad car, nobody's gonna buy it. <laughs> What's the, I know you guys always ask this on your podcast, but I'll ask you, what's your worst onstage experience so far? Oh, dude, I've had a ton of them. Let me just try to think. You might have to edit some of the thinking out I have to do. <laughs> um, we could do worst out of town and then we can do worst local or worst stand up and worst improv, whichever comes to mind first. <laughs> um, stand up wise, I'm trying to, th I never really had like a super bad show, but I, Two come to mind. Uh, one, I did a show out in Youngstown. There was supposed to be a show, but it was just like kind of like a open, glorified open mic. Yeah, like, it was just a lot of stuff out there. Is um, edit that out. Uh, <laughs> actually, no. Who gives a fuck? Leave it. But uh, take that, Ohio. Yeah, take that, Ohio. You're ten minutes from my house. 
Um, I grew up in Ohio. They deserve it. But anyway, I did the one show, and it was like a Halloween show. And we all had to dress up and go out for a Halloween heckler show. And you're supposed to deal with hecklers. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this will be fun because I love hecklers. I love talking to them. Sure. I like shutting people down. Uh, what were you dressed up as? I just I had this big cat helmet thing, like a cat face thing, and I, I made myself look like a gigantic fat cat, like a like a mascot size yeah, head. It, okay, it, hindsight, it looked like a furry, so that yeah. was lame. But I, I go out there, and I'm with Izzy and Andreas and Joey Purse, and we drive. Izzy's dressed like Spider Man, like a child Spider Man <laughs> outfit when he shows up, and and I can't remember what Joey's dressed like. Andreas is dressed like Luigi. I'm dressed like this gigantic cat. Show up, we're the only people that dressed up. Nice, and it's a show with uh. You're probably familiar with about like 11 to 15 different comics on it, about five minutes each. But so I get up on stage and um, people start heckling me. They give a mic to people in the audience, which I'm fine with. Sure. They shut all the fucking lights out. So I have no idea what to go off. You can't see them to heckle them back. It's just me under a spotlight. It's pitch black. I can see the host and that's it. You know what I mean? I'm like... (laughs) So I just got slaughtered by these girls in the back, and it's like and they have a wireless mic, and I, I can't, I can't compete with that. That was pretty humiliating. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, other bad show I had was the one I did in New York at the Castle. I hyped it up all the time. They decided to push us an hour earlier uh, to piggyback on. Is this us. the male stripper show? Yeah, okay. yeah, it was. So aggravating. You get on stage, nobody. Because the room usually has like 80, 90 people. It's like one of those things, too. Here's a little side note that's really aggravating. Nothing aggravates me more than a promoter or a booker be like, why aren't you sharing the show? Why aren't you sharing the show? Dude, it's like two months out. Yeah. The show I just did in New Brighton, I wrote the paper Monday for them to publish the article. I put flyers out Thursday, had over 100 people show up. Shows that you advertise for three months, two months, nobody shows up. And he's like, well, nobody, like, he got scared. Uh, booked a Magic Mike XL experience also, the same night. What pull do you have in New York? Yeah, not even like two like, hours from here, three hours. From I might here. have pull in Buffalo or New York City or something like that because I kind of started to know people around there. But yeah, I have no pull. It was in the middle of nowhere, right? Um, so now you're the opening act for a yeah. male review, and then I'm there and um, I was wearing a suit because I. I, don't know, I just tried to be perfect. It's like it was a castle. It's your look now. Yeah. yeah. So I put on a you, suit. Wait, hold on. You said it's a castle, so you said I should wear a suit. Yeah, I should wear a suit. You know a what suit I mean? of armor, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I guess. But everybody kept thinking I was a manager, so I was sure. taking people up on the stage, and all the strippers started coming and asking me where the rooms are and stuff. By the way, we were supposed to have free rooms. They took them away to give to the strippers. Um, Got on stage. Nobody wanted to. No. N- nobody wanted to see us. They were They're all here. there for that show. They're so here was, for men dancing. Yeah, and then like I'm bringing the people up one by one. Everybody's like kind of tanking. Uh, Ian McIntosh absolutely annihilated. Nice, uh, but like Tim Ross got on, and it's one of the drunk ladies are in there, and they were just throwing fake money at him and stuff like that. <laughs> it, those were two of the bad ones. Um, improv wise, I'm trying to think of the worst improv show. Oh yeah, I know one. Um, because with improv, you're familiar with it. You can it can go really south really fast and stay there. Uh, if it's especially it's that's almost more frustrating than bad stand-up because at some point like you're a team somebody yeah. should be able to figure out how to how to get us out of this or sweep it or yeah. do something it's but, usually when you get left hanging on the stage that's the worst yeah. thing ever is when nobody sweeps or like tags you out but um there was a workshop did it with this person from ucb um they talked to us about everything and they stayed for our show and we walked them wow <laughs> so we're out of here yeah. 
Now you've been able to, we keep trying to talking about how we bridge like the worlds of stand-up and improv. You've been able here at the Unplanned Theater to do Comicality now for a few months, yeah. which is a show where people do their stand-up sets and then the improvisers use yeah. that as inspiration. Kind of the original five and dime format. Yeah, and that, that show's been done a million times all over and it's a successful format, so just copied it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no shame yeah. in that. Um, when do you have your next one coming up? Next one's always the third Saturday of the month. Okay, so a couple weeks from now, you can be able to check that yeah. out here at the warehouse. Um, have you had any stand-ups that were willing to try improv after that or were like more interested in it or were they like able to get tags out of it? That's what I'm always curious if like, because I'm doing Mondo in March and I'm yeah. like curious if like, oh, that's a good way. I didn't take my joke that way. I mean, I, Elliot, I was talking to Elliot at work. It seems like he's more interested in stand or in improv now. Nice. Maybe possibly take a class. But then now a lot of the people I pick, uh, they're on the show. Like I've had a yeah. on a bunch. It, it, it's like, people that have kind of dabbled with both yeah both worlds. have worlds yeah any advice for me who's going to be knocking the rust off of my improv boots here today um don't play safe i hate that i hate people play safe and that's another problem with uh the okay so stand-up goes a little bit overboard with the edgelord stuff and then improv is too safe yeah and like they, they they're afraid to take things places and they usually do like a weird edit or no and you know or no but no rather. but this is what i meant yeah just don't care just if it's funny it's funny if it doesn't you don't have to do that show again that's true yeah. live your truth i like it well when i have improvisers on the podcast a lot of times i'll do the my top 10 list yeah. um so if you're interested we can close out the episode and do a my top 10 what's my top 10 so my top 10 is a book i bought at a used bookstore with shannon yeah. norman once upon a time and I have my guests turn to a page, and then there are four lists of yeah. different top ten lists, and you get to pick which topic we're going to do. And then together, we will decide what the official Garrett Teitelbaum, it's nice to see he's working my top ten of whatever topic we want to collaborate on is together. And you'll write it, and then we'll sign it at the end of the interview. My top ten uh, rock bands. Ooh, okay. My top uh, ten rock bands. All right, cool. So what I do, I just write down. Yeah. pick. This what, is gonna, okay, so I'm actually a huge metalhead, so we're going to go with that. Okay. Let's see what we could do. Um, Mayhem's pretty sick. Nice. I like black metal a lot. That's one of my faves. I'm trying to think who else. I don't know if you ever listened to the band Sleep. I have not listened to either of these bands yeah. yet. Okay. Well, yeah, that's let's... a stoner band. Okay. Uh, it's They have an hour-long song called Dope Smoker. So, Dope Smoker. Yeah. Instrumental or lyrics? Or... It's both. It's okay. weird. All right. So we'll put, Sleep we'll and Mayhem. There. I feel like this is one of those things where... And the edgy kid's like, oh, yeah, look at all these bands I know. And then if you know one, I'll be like, name 10 songs, like a little asshole. Oh, that's fine. I listen to a lot of classic rock, so we'll see what metal I've actually heard. What do I do here? Do I just write down this list? Well, typically we can go back and forth, and I'll name bands too. You you can do the right. Here, cross them out, name your bands. What's what's number two? Let's get rid of sleep. They suck. Or what do you want? My favorite, I mean, I'll go Clearance Clearwater Revival. Is that rock? CCR. Swamp Rock. Yeah, yeah. I like CCR a lot. Okay, you like CCR. Here, I'll let you write. I don't know what I'm doing here. You can write. It's okay. I've never been put back. I just get excited. Nobody's ever made me write this. I always. Let's go see. Um, Yeah, what's the number three rock band for uh, It's Nice to See is Working? Do you want sleep on the list? Yeah, put sleep there now. Okay. Sleep's pretty good. When I was in the eighth grade, believe it or not, I had dreadlocks for about four months. <laughs> Do you have a picture of that? Uh, I, there's probably one <laughs> somewhere see I can get so you. bad. But the reason I had dreadlocks is not because I was a big Bob Marley fan, but I was a big fan of corn. Yeah. Like Jonathan Davis. So I guess I'll put corn on this there list, but I'm not proud of it. Yeah. I was a big new metal kind of era. <laughs> yeah, new rock metal. Rock fan. <laughs> 
Who's yes. our number five rock band, Chris? Uh, Cannibal Corpse. I've at least heard of that band. Yeah. Uh, I think one's my jam. Zach Markle has them as a tag in one of his jokes. Oh, yeah. And I wrote Cannibal Markle instead, so that's not right. Cannibal Markle. Cannibal Corpse. All right. Number six, rock band. Are the Rolling Stones rock and roll, yeah, baby? Rock yeah. And roll. Give me the Stones. Give me some yeah. Mick Jagger. Number seven. Number seven. The band Deaf Heaven. Have you ever heard of them? Nope. They're actually pretty good. They're getting some more mainstream success. Deaf Heaven. With okay. The, with the, it's, you misspelled it, but it's okay. Damn it. Nope. Didn't get better. Uh, Why did you make me write? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't care. All right. I got to come up with number eight. Rock and roll band. Kiss? I was listening to Destroyer yeah, yesterday. That's cool. I like Kiss. Kiss. Alright, the number nine rock band. Let's try to think of something normal I like. Oh, do you like the band The Queers? I know the name, yeah, but I don't know good. any songs. Pop punk. I liked a lot of Newfound Glory when I was young. Ooh, there you go. Are they a rock yeah, band? All rock right, band. Let's finish this out with Newfound Glory. I'll feel real cool. Thanks for tuning in. To Garrett Teitelbaum, it's nice to see he's working. Sign our list, Chris. All right. So it's in the books. If people want to find you on social media, what is the best way to see where your shows are, see what you got going on? Um, I, I can get back at it, but at an Instagram page, Chris Creva Comedy. And then there's another one. Uh, we underscore got underscore next underscore comedy um, on Instagram or good ways. Um, don't use my Twitter too much, but hey, I can always use a follower. Chris underscore toe t-o-w underscore fur f-u-r or uh just add me on facebook or like that we got next page on facebook if you want to follow me i am at dropping bombs b-a-u-m-s on twitter and instagram uh you can follow garrett title bomb it's nice to see he's working on facebook or on itunes stitcher laughable if you want to listen to the show there's new episodes every tuesday and if you want to see me live on stage this Saturday night, February the 9th, I will be hosting at the Burning Bridges Comedy Club at 8 o'clock. And then at 10.30, I'll be down at Club Cafe on the south side. Sunday night, I'll be right back here in Lawrenceville at the Burning Bridges Club, hosting once again for the 9 p.m. Sunday show. Chris has comicality coming up in a couple weeks, so stop down here to the unplanned comedy warehouse and as always we appreciate you listening to the podcast make sure you check out the we got next podcast as well a ton of the great guests that you fell in love with here on our show have all been on their program so you get to get to revisit our dear friends joey trey chris and eric weber that other one that other one yeah, <laughs> you know eric <laughs> You know, we all like them. But no, uh, I've really enjoyed I binged your show last year. It was nice to kind of go through and, yeah. and hear all the episodes from like when you guys first started and a ton oh, of yeah, guests. They, they got a lot better. First, I was like, what? What are they doing? I was like, they're going to play stand-up clips every week? Oh, that seems like a lot of work. Yeah, my favorite one was, I was on the first one. I was on the second one. You come in on episode two. And they brought me in as a guest and they dismissed me. And I was so confused. I was supposed to... <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Like, I okay, I... Chris. I'm like, uh, okay, okay. I'm just going to stay in the sound booth. It's cool. I love that they're like, uh, do you want to stay for the rest of the show? And the guest's always like, 
yeah, I came here. What <laughs> yeah. do you want me to do? Most of the people, it's not in Baldwin. Most people are like, I drove 40 minutes to get here, I would, yeah. I would hope. Yeah, I'll stay till it's over. My what? favorite part about our podcast is everybody, uh, have you done our podcast yet? No, I haven't. I'll, I'll have to I'll talk to him about getting you on. But uh, the guest is always in the room for like the first half of it. Oh, when and you guys are just talking Joey amongst yourselves? Goes, uh, just can't, uh, just don't say anything. And then they just sit there silently like, for like. They're just terrified to yeah, laugh too loud. It's, it's funny. For us, at least. I love it, man. Chris, thank you for doing the podcast right, today. Appreciate, appreciate you it. coming out. That's it, man. What do you say, kid? Hey, uh, thanks. <laughs> Chris. Good night. <laughs> you're really neat. You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods, a podcast collection.